0: All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Before we get started, I want to talk to you about our watch party, which is Wednesday night for Heat at Sixers. Another great choice of a a game. I don't know how well this one's going to go, but we'll be at Gold Club Pompano, so there'll be plenty of distractions. Uh, Ladies get in free, so fellas, if you can't get out for the night, don't worry, just bring your lady with you she gets in free. Our lady female listeners, you get in free as well. And also, we have $5 You Call It. Alright? $5 and they're going to fill up your cup with whatever you want. So, Alf, will be on that Crown Royale tomorrow. Uh, so By the second half, it might be a little rough. Uh, so, just get your pictures in with me on the, uh, during the first half. Cause,
1: uh, It'll be rough before the end of the first quarter, I feel like.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, my eyes will be halfway closed uh, by the second half. So, come on out guys it's gonna be fun we're gonna do a, uh we're gonna do a show after uh live from the stage um i will be fully clothed and so will ethan i hope um <laughs> but either way no matter what happens we'll be at gold club Popino. You know, there'll be distractions it'll be a good time and the heat will definitely beat the sixers i think anyway time for today's show
1: welcome to five on the floor a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the 5 Reasons Sports Network.
0: Alright guys, welcome back to 5 on the Floor. I am your host, Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. No Ethan Skolnick tonight, uh, where he's letting us fly solo, so I hope he doesn't listen to this because We'll probably go off the rails like we normally do when I host. Also, with me, I have Alex Toledo, who's having a coughing fit, aka Tropical Blanket. Are you okay, Alex?
1: Somewhat. Uh, you know, it's a flu game for me.
0: Flu game. Flu game, Alex. Com- coming through clutch. And then, because there's a bunch of trade rumors out there, and there's no better guy for trade rumors and uh, basically Heat, Rumor, Scuttlebutt, whatever you want to call it, then Greg Lafe-Sylvander. Lafe, Leif, what's going on?
2: Yo, yo, what's up? Happy to be here.
0: All right, Lafe is from Miami Heat, he also a contributor to Five Reasons Sports. Check out his column that came out today, Guts Check. It's all about Bam Adebayo, bio, the Heat's newest, brightest star, um, I guess after Jimmy Butler. I don't know. There's been a – There's been some conversation about who's the Heat's most important player. I still say it's Jimmy, but Ethan's starting to lean towards Bam. What do you think?
2: Oh, it's Jimmy. I mean, he sets the tone. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Come on now. Like, that's the whole reason why any of this is happening right now. But, you know, that could change. Bam, is his ascension is real. So, who knows? But for now, it's still Jimmy.
0: I think there's a little prisoner of the moment stuff going on there. But anyway. um, Okay. So, listen, there's a lot to talk about. We have – Probably the first bad loss of the season last uh, Monday night to the Memphis Grizzlies, who actually do have some bright young talent. And then we have a huge game uh, Wednesday night against the Philadelphia 76ers, who are, you know, presumed Eastern, Eastern Conference finalists. But before we get to that, because everyone loves trade rumors, and today, first of all, it's after December 15th, so a lot of guys that got signed this summer can be traded and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on today on the internet on Twitter about Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday is a guy that Heat fans love because Drew Holiday has that culture shit as they would say. Right? Drew's a, a junkyard dog. He plays hard, he plays good defense. I mean, I love Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is awesome. But It's going to cost you somebody like Justice Winslow, Kendrick Nunn, or maybe even Tyler Hero. So, Leith, I'll start with you. What are you hearing on the Drew Holiday rumors? Is it real? Are they heat interested? What's going on there?
2: Well, I think that we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with all the trade stuff. I mean, this team hasn't even lost two games in a row yet. Uh, It is not a customary move to blow up the roster in a big way when you haven't lost two games in a row.
0: So do you want to Um, talk again on Thursday? (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> it's coming eventually. We all know that it is. But so I, I don't know. I think that it's a little premature to get to in the details with what the Heat are looking at and what they're interested in. Drew Holiday fits. Obviously, I think that they're going to check in there. But uh, like you said, it's going to cost a lot. Uh, David Griffin before the season pretty explicitly said that Drew Holiday was off limits and that he was a guy that was going to uh, influence the young crop that they had there that they were trying to kind of cultivate. So the fact that he's moved off that stance means that it's going to cost something. And I can tell you with pretty um, much 100% certainty that Tyler Hero is not going in a Drew Holiday trade. So it would have to start with Justice Winslow and um, an expiring contract. And I I just don't know that at this point it makes a lot of sense to blow this thing up. They got a good thing going. It's got an 0304 vibe to it. So why not see this thing through until you uh, really meet a, a, a true bump in the road?
0: Alex, what, what do you think about the Drew Holiday rumors? Is he a fit here uh, with the Miami Heat, or is this just
1: more noise and nonsense? I mean, it's tempting, man. This is somebody who I feel like has been kind of the line on whether or not you offer up young guys. For somebody who helps right now, I think Drew Holiday is that line. I think he's about as good a player as players you can get, where you, you are really just going back and forth on whether or not it's worth it. And, man, I got to tell you, I'm really tempted. If I were the Heat, I would really be looking at it and, again, I wouldn't throw in Tyler Hero. I think if they're not going to throw in Tyler Hero on, even in an offer for a Bradley Beal, if they have, if they didn't do that in the past, there's no reason for them to do it now, especially after seeing what he can do in NBA games, right? But this wouldn't be my starting point. But the furthest that I will go if I'm the Heat in a trade negotiation will be offering up Justice and Kendrick Nunn. No draft picks involved. Maybe you throw in one of the shooting bigs as salary filler and because you're going to need a shooting big next to Zion at some point right now, the Pelicans bigs are favors and Jackson Hayes, who aren't shooters. So I think a trade there makes sense. And we were talking about it in the Heat Beat chat that they have the chips to cash in. And is Drew Holiday worth it? I don't know. But Drew Holiday is like if you put Justice and Kendrick Nunn into one player, I feel like he might be worth it. What do you think? I mean, my thing is I love Drew Holiday, right? I think –
0: if it was a Justice for Drew Holiday straight-up trade, yeah, I'm, I think you go for it just because the thing Drew Holiday can do on the offensive end. Now, I do think Justice is a better, more versatile defender. He can defend more guys. Um, but if it's just a straight-up Justice for Drew and we're not considering age, contract, any of that stuff, then yeah, I'd say go for it. The problem is there's no way, and this is one of my problems with Heat Twitter. I went on rants today about this. They, It's almost like you just want to give away the end of your bench for for another team's really valuable guy, and you also have to think does it make sense. So you just people like oh Justice Winslow and Dion Waiters for for Drew Holiday that ain't gonna happen. Like it's not no. gonna happen. You're probably gonna have they're probably gonna be asking for Justice either hero hero or none and a first round pick, and you're gonna have to send an expiring some salary to make it all. To make it all even. Now, is that worth it? Like when you start really putting all that together, like it's it's just I don't know if that's worth it, especially with a guy who's going past 2021. I'm not one of these 2021 truthers, right? Where you cannot sign anyone past 2021 because that's when the Heat are going to get John, uh, Giannis. I'm not I'm not at that point. But what I but what I will say is, if you're going to disrupt 2021's cap space, it's got to be for a guy better than Drew Holiday. I would do it for a Bradley Beal, maybe even a Vic Oladipo if he comes back healthy and shows something. And at the end of the day, do, do the Pelicans even want justice right now? Because justice hasn't proven a lot this season.
1: Yeah, like, so there's a few things we got to go over. That's one thing that I wanted to hop on because right now, the, the Pelicans already have a non-shooting point guard who's really good at the other things except shooting. His name is Lonzo Ball, yeah, so and they just to- sent him to the bench. So it would make ones. sense that you want guards back in return for Drew Holiday because he's going to be your lead guard now that Lonzo's coming off the bench. But, if yeah, yeah. you know, you're getting two guards back in this trade that we're talking about with Nunn and, and Winslow. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Do You want two Lonzo balls right now. And
0: with, with Winslow's health, and we're actually going to get into Winslow's health and the health of the roster in general, actually recapping the Grizzlies game and looking forward to the 76ers game after the break. So we'll get into that later, but... What is Winslow's? Tra- uh, I'll go to you, Leif. What's Winslow's trade value right now?
2: I think it's a lot higher amongst the Heat fan base than it is outside the Heat fan base. Uh, availability is um is a huge piece to that, and I know that that's something that uh, has been talked about, and uh, and he hasn't been available, so he hasn't been able to really establish his value. Um, I I know David Griffin has spoke highly of Justice Winslow, so I'd imagine he would see kind of the big picture side of what Justice brings, but the other thing that, that we're not hearing enough about or I think considering is this hard cap issue and the fact that they can't, they can't send five guys for two guys. like They can't do trades like that because they have to carry a certain amount of people on the roster uh, by rule. And once they hit up against that hard cap number, they can't add additional salaries, even minimum contracts. So it's, it's a little tricky, and I'm sure Albert could explain this a lot better than I could – but, um, but I think that that's something else to consider is that it can't be that lopsided of a swap. You'd really have to get it close. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't think Justice has that kind of trade value yet. Uh, you, they need to see him on the court. They need to see him shooting better. Uh, and then he becomes a viable option because his salary, obviously, is an extremely attractive piece, uh, you know, considering the current landscape.
0: Uh, yeah, and that's another thing that I keep harping on. The Heat's uh, attractive assets are very cheap. And like you talked about with the hard cap situation, you're going to have to attach multiple contracts to one of these young, these younger, more uh, attractive assets to bring back a big time player. And if the Heat do that, they're going to, with the hard cap, they don't have enough space there to, <laughs> to feel the team, to be, to be quite honest. Um, they Are right. Are I we right sure about to, that? They're, well, they're going to have to take more. They would have to take other contracts back from the Pelicans, right? And – it, like I said, the cap, I'm not the cap, machina, cap machinations guy, but I feel like a lot of these trades that are being proposed out there just don't actually look at the overall picture. The Heat right now are short a roster spot because of the hard cap. I mean, I don't know how you send five guys back for one and, and somehow create uh, enough money to have uh, to sign guys off of the street. I just don't think it could actually happen. But even if it could, at the same time, I just think you're giving up a lot and you're kind of mortgaging some of the future there uh, by by going after somebody who's signed past 2021. Now, some other guys that are out there, um, I know...
1: I we do got to mention with the 2021 thing, he has a player option, Drew Holiday does, and it's for a little bit over $26 million, and it's going to be when he's 31 years old. So it stands to reason that he might opt out for that, because $26 million is not exactly the premium for guys of his level anymore, like... Anybody as a, good as Drew Holiday is getting paid thirty million and up, and it stands to reason that because he's going to be thirty-one at that time, he's going to want that last big contract. But that's so I don't. Gamble. I feel like the chance of opting out makes more sense than than not for him. To me,
0: that's a huge gamble. He gets hurt or something, and he needs that last year, right? Then now you're sitting with twenty-six million on your cap.
1: To me, it's just. But at the same worth- time, it's like I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. But at the same time, it's like. The backup plan for 2021, if the whole Giannis thing doesn't happen, besides the fact that this is something Leif brought up earlier, by the way, that you want to have the cap space, but it might not be as important as we're giving it. You know, we have been this whole time because, you know, the Heat can really just figure those problems out. And you're also gambling on Milwaukee not winning a championship in the next two years or even getting to the finals because that might be good enough for Giannis. We we don't really know what his motivations are. If he goes to the finals with them, we don't know necessarily that he would leave. And that team is really damn good. Like they're really good. They might just be there this season, right? And it feels like we're kind of we need a lot of things to go right for that twenty twenty one thing to go right. And and if it doesn't, your backup plan is Oladipo. What's the gap between Drew Holiday and Victor Oladipo? Because to me, I think they're the same level player. The only difference there is the age. I mean, so I'm not. I don't think it's that much of a gamble. Listen, I, I, the, with the 2021 thing, I don't
0: think it's all about Giannis. I just think it's a lot. A lot of it's just about cap flexibility. I think the Giannis thing is a little bit of a pipe dream. I don't know if you guys agree. I know that they oh, – do the Heat want Giannis? Of course. And I'm not even trying to say his last name. That's why I just keep saying Giannis, by the way. You guys know how I, <laughs> how I am with those weird last names. But, Leif, is 2021 all just about Giannis, or is there other, thing, other, uh, other things to consider there?
2: No, I mean, it's definitely that he's priority one, but he's priority one for everybody. Uh, yeah. And I think that the 2021 plan has been a little overblown because we're all thinking back to 2010, right? And we saw them waste. Uh, waste is a strong word. Let me, let me backtrack there. They were a little gun shy to improve the roster in some of Dwayne Wade's best seasons in an attempt to align everything for 2010. So we say to ourselves, we look at how they have everything lined up now and we say 2021 makes a ton of sense. That's where they're gonna line everything up. But one thing that 2019 proved to us is that They don't necessarily need cap space, nor flexibility, nor a ton of assets to really get a guy to 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 come. It's all about getting the commitment. Once that happens, the rest of it can be can be done. You can manipulate uh, and and shed players and attach picks and do what you need to do to get a a guy like like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Said his last name. Um, That's pretty good. I I don't know that that twenty twenty one is is something that they're going to literally do nothing in order to preserve that space for, but I think that they'll be cognizant of it in terms of that. They're not going to add. I mean, I, I guess drew holiday is a good example of a guy. I mean, if all of a sudden he opts into 26 million, you've kind of, uh, you're in a spot where you can't add someone like that and if you even have a one percent chance of getting Giannis I think you got to see that thing through but uh I don't think it's as big of a hurdle as people are making it out to be
1: yeah so that's my thing it's like I think Brian did the numbers earlier Brian Goins from Heatbeat, beat and he said that if they did the Drew trade they would still have about 13 million cap space which is about a third of what you would need to get Giannis more or less but I tend to stick with you on this, Leif. I think like that they can make that cap space bigger if they really wanted to. Obviously, we would have to dig into it, and they would probably have to let go of other younger players. But you do it if you have that chance to Giannis and like, what's the worst case scenario? It would be
2: Drew Holiday that they'd have to trade, but who knows? Maybe Milwaukee wants to recoup something for Giannis and you do a sign and trade or something like that, which that could be a lot of guys. I mean, I think we're going to touch on some other players like Miles Turner was another guy whose name came up. You know, maybe that's somebody that a team like Milwaukee would want to uh, take back. So there's a lot of options there. So I don't think people should think so tunnel vision about 2021.
1: And like, Worst case scenario, you have Drew Holiday as an expiring contract. I probably, he's probably at the same window as Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's probably going to be in the third or fourth year of his contract at that point, too. So you just have them together right before both of their contracts go up, I think, a, a year from each other. I don't think it's that bad of a scenario. Like, if Giannis doesn't, you know, if the, the pipe dream doesn't work out, you're just stuck with Drew at the end of his time. So let's look at some of the other guys. Especially because
2: Bam's going to be better than all of them.
1: That's and true. he is good, man. That defense will be ferocious. Like, I'm thinking about a lineup with Drew, Bam, Jimmy, and then the two shooters with Duncan and Hero, and I'm, I'm salivating over it straight up. Like, <laughs> that would be insane.
0: But you're going to lose half of those guys in a Drew trade. Anyway, uh, some of the other guys...
3: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? Dot com, And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: Guys that are available out there, um, Miles Turner, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, because um, I know a lot of people are talking about the Heat they need big man help, they need frontline help, they need rebounding help. Uh, up until a couple of games ago, they were second in rebounding percentage in the league. But it looks like against bigger teams, you're having a really, really big problem uh, on the board. So, this real quick before we go to break, each of you, quick, Alex, uh, what would you guys want to pick up in a a
1: trade if you had your druthers, if you will? So, I don't mind the idea of going for one of the bigger name big dudes if they are to go after that route. Like, Miles Turner would be cool because he could space the floor next to Bam. And just having, you know, they they could do the the build-the-wall defense versus a bigger team would just have – Bam and Miles Turner and Jimmy out there as a defensive front court would be pretty lethal. But I'm more of the idea that they should go after one of the cheaper bigs. And and I don't mean cheaper by money. I mean cheaper as in somebody who doesn't need that load on offense. Maybe somebody like a Steven Adams. My favorite name is Aaron Baines, but I don't know that the Suns are going to dangle him until DeAndre Aiden comes back from suspension. And he's been really good for them. Uh, I like him because he's big, can rebound, can defend, and can shoot the three. But somebody like that who can help with big size, like they need another big, big player, would be great for them. What about you, Leif? I mean, if you had one guy. For my,
2: truthfully, I don't really have one. I don't think they should make a move. I think that they should uh, keep what they have, get everybody healthy, and continue to play. Yes. Um, <laughs> they, they, they look great. Like, like I think that, that we're really, like even the rebounding thing, it's very matchup specific that they have those size issues, but um, I think in a seven-game series, there's things you can do to, to offset that to some degree. And maybe that's just going to be an issue that they're going to have to deal with because of this particular roster construction. Would you rather have Hassan Whiteside here? Absolutely not. So it's a situation where you got to kind of take the good with the bad. And um, I don't see any reason why you shake this thing up yet. So I think it, it's, a, it's a situation where until you see them lose you know, six out of eight, or uh you know four games um or in a row or something like that uh i i personally don't think a move is necessary the one thing that i will say and i know that this has been a big one for you alf just judging by your tweets is you got three guys currently um that aren't playing uh, and they're taking up roster spots when you include ud and that is not a sustainable formula whatsoever
0: yeah and I've, that's what we're going to get to after the break so To me, I agree with you. Keep everything the way it is, because we actually haven't really seen this team fully healthy when they've been uh, reasonably healthy. They've been really, really freaking good. So I'd like to see that more. But the problem is, will we see it more? And we'll talk about that after the break. It's Alf here to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Gym Unity. Gym Unity is a personal training facility in Plantation, Florida, headed up by my good friend Mark Decker. Mark and his staff provide high quality personal training and one on one sessions to get you into the best shape of your life. What's the Gym Unity difference? Gym Unity is dedicated to personalizing your experience and coming up with the best workout for your specific needs. The staff actually listens to you, the customer, and tailors your workouts to get the best results. Whether it's pre or post rehab, weight loss, or getting student athletes ready for the upcoming season, Gym Unity provides the best personal training anywhere in South Florida. So call Mark and the staff at 661-607-3571 to set up your free evaluation or even hit him up on Instagram at Unity. That's 661-607-3571 for Gym Unity. And back to the show. All right, and we are back. Um, thank you to Gym Unity, uh, My friend Mark Decker hit him up. I need to hit him up because I saw the, my pictures from Moss, Miami. And my God. I am huge. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man, that was jarring. I like try to take pictures from a neck up for the
1: most part, but yeah, you are big time. That's that's what you meant, right? You're big time. Yeah, yeah, big. You're time. An Ethan VIP over there. Big time buffet eater, I guess. Anyway, David
2: Smalls is the illest.
0: <laughs> I was standing next to Levitard, and I think I was wider than him. So I really need to do something. Gonna come, oh come boy, I'm gonna call up Mark Decker from Gym Unity. I actually worked out with him for a little bit. He got me in like the best shape of my life. But then I started eating and drinking again. So that was a problem. But anyway, so let's talk more about the actual team that exists in Miami on the court right now. We saw we saw the game against the, the Lakers, the Mavericks, and the Grizzlies. And I think in all three games, they pretty much went with an eight-man rotation and a little bit of Silva. I think that is actually, that's completely unsustainable at this point it's it, they're, they're they're giving these guys way too many minutes, but I don't really know if the solution is there. Well, there is no solution as long as justice Goron and um
1: or well, pretty much justice oh, I Goron. see a couple of solutions I see a couple of expensive solutions sitting on the bench doing nothing
0: well, that's <laughs> another thing, and so like Leif just said before the break, there's three roster spots right now completely uh that are just not um that we're just not using so leif. Uh, the Grizzlies game what did you see there and what do you see going into the the Sixers game that concern you um that you're that you're enthused by what what have you seen lately from the Heat
2: i mean my biggest concern is that i mean it's what you said and everybody's been harping on it but it's just cuz it's so evident when you watch the eight man deal is not going to work out. I mean, Silva got, what, uh, two minutes or something like that. It could have been a little bit more, but it's essentially eight guys you're rolling with and you're relying on Jimmy to do so much. I think that I've seen, um, even before the Lakers game, it, it seemed like you started to see him kind of hands on the knees a little bit more. Uh, he was uh, spent coming up short on threes. And I think that that's a direct reflection of how much he's having to drive to the basket to facilitate, to initiate offense and things like that. So it's just not sustainable. Kendrick Nunn is not really that guy that's going to necessarily do a ton of that. So Jimmy's having to do it even more. And so that, that's the number one concern for me is when are you going to have more playable guys that can actually contribute? Um, versus Memphis, offensive rebounds drove me nuts. That was obviously a major issue. But when you look at like the way that Miami shot, they usually would win a game where they shot the way that they did. Um, they didn't turn the ball over a ton more than the team they played against. So it really was all about just kind of energy and effort. And that goes back to this uh, issue of not having enough guys.
0: Alex, when you look at the 76ers game, uh, they already came out with the, the, injur- the injury list. It's justice is out. Dion's uh, suspended. James Johnson out, personal issues. Goron is out, and KZ Akpala's in the G League. Daryl Megan's in the G League. We're back to the nine. I mean, they they literally have ten available guys. Eight of them play a lot. A it's bit unbelievable. Far, and no, you don't. And so, what do you see happening tomorrow night? Uh, well, it depends on when you're listening to this. Wednesday night against the Seventy Sixers
1: with with that kind of uh, short rotation. I mean. It's looking rough, man. I'm not even sure how we got to this point. I feel like they have so many guys who can be in a rotation and all of a sudden, like, they're only going to field eight players tomorrow again. (laughs) And my God, I'm so confused by it. But, like, if they don't shoot absolutely bonkers from the three-point line tomorrow, it's looking like a scheduled loss to me. And trust me, I want the Heat to beat the Sixers as much as the next guy. I really do. But, uh, and I was going to love this. The Sixers at this point in time, with or without the Heat being healthy, present an unsolvable problem for the Heat at this moment in time. How do you feel about that, Alf? Hey, that's stupid. We
2: had
0: a, there we are had
1: no a
2: obstacles, huge, Alex.
1: We had a huge argument. Where were we at? Me and, were... me and Alf got into a big argument at some sports bar in Winwood we over that word, over the word unsolvable. Unsolvable. Jesus. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Leif
2: doesn't so, sound like a Riley uh, word to me
0: at all. There are no obstacles. There are some, but there are none. Uh, so, so Leif my, we talked about this a lot you, weren't, you and Alex both weren't on this episode I kind of want to get uh, both your feedback on this you guys know I'm a huge Justice Winslow fan I think everyone on this podcast right now is despite trade rumors or anything I love the kid I love what he brings to the table the three headed monster of him Bam and Jimmy on defense is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen but the problem is we haven't seen a lot of it. So what is your take on – now, I know Goran has missed a ton of time, too. We got to talk about that because you did so the last couple of years as well. So I think Goran's not getting that big of a, a hit on it just because he's older. Justice is 23 years old, right? And, I mean, he's missed a third of his game, regular season games on his career. What do you see with Justice and the injuries? I know you're not in his body, but – Is there something you see there? Is it's going to be a long term thing? What are your feelings on that?
2: Um, It's not what I see or what I hear. It's what we don't see and what we don't hear. Like we, there's no updates. There's um, he's not playing. uh, You know, they said lower back out of nowhere, and uh, there hasn't really been a ton of updates after that. And uh, and I understand that there's not necessarily a uh, an obligation to to update a ton more, but when you have a guy that it's not a situation where they have the luxury of not needing Justice Winslow out on the court right now, because Goran Dragic probably won't be back till 2020, till after the new year. So it's like a situation where they need Justice Winslow's skill set, they need an extra body, they need an extra defender, a ball handler, and uh, and we're not hearing anything at all, and, uh, and and that's just it's either he's actually really really hurt, and that's a problem, or there's something else that is—it just feels weird. The vibe is weird from my perspective.
0: So, Alex, we're missing Justice, but there's a guy on that bench—or not on that bench—who does some of the things that Justice does well. He handles the ball, defends bigger, uh, bigger opposing players, can guard—you know, two through four, sometimes five. James Johnson. Right now, James Johnson could be a huge help to this team, especially against the bigger team, against bigger opponents. Is this a case that, and you know, this is outside looking in, are the heat being a little bit too stringent here? Or is it, you know what, this is the culture, this is the vibe, you know, we're setting the precedent, putting our foot down. What do you see? What do you see out of James Johnson?
1: It really is a tough thing to talk about because you really just outlined it perfectly. Cause I kind of wanted to say that as well. I think they've been a little bit too stubborn about it. Obviously don't know anything about what's going on inside. And I know, and this is something that Ethan's been kind of uh, stomping on over and over. Is that uh, Riley doesn't doesn't want to let the culture slip again. They're they're trying to you know they're being hardline about not messing with what's going on, especially since it's going so well, right? They don't want they don't feel like they need to be giving guys these playing time just because they're still what 11 games over 500. Like they're gonna be fine, but. They really could use James Johnson. Like, you don't want to be running this short rotation throughout the regular season. And when you want to be a team that competes in the playoffs, and especially when, like, they have the luxury of having more than enough guys. Obviously, right now in this time, like, Goran and Justice are taking away from what they do just because now you need Jimmy to do everything with the ball in his hands. And so then he looks tired at the end of the games. But at the end of the day, James Johnson could take some of that burden. And I'm not saying, you know, play him as backup point guard like he used to. We got to see if he's even up for that if he's in the right shape to do that like the way that he used to but he could absolutely be a contributor like he can help take some of those duties he can do some of the stuff that uh used to work really well with him where he would do the screen into a handoff and you know for a shooter like hero or robinson like it's a perfect fit to me because you already have other guys there who can help he wouldn't be the only ball hand on the floor but when none and hero are doing it by themselves it gets clunky like they're rookies they're obviously very talented but they're not You need the veteran presence out there. And I think JJ could absolutely help even though he hasn't looked exactly that good. I mean, look,
2: I've been watching every heat culture moment since Riley got here. And I've never seen a guy who was so bought in and so uh, 100% vested uh, to the process and to listen to me, the process, to the culture, um, and then just fall out of favor like this. It's unbelievable. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen that happen so drastically season over season. And uh, so I think that there's probably a little more there that we, that we're not hearing about, but ultimately it boils down to this. Riley, um, he really, uh, he entrusted Dion and JJ with those contracts. Um, he promised them four year deals if they would be patient in the Gordon Hayward situation. And um, he felt like that was going out on a limb. I mean, this is like my perspective on this, my opinion, is that he felt like he was going out on a real limb to give those guys those contracts he did right by them. And uh, when they didn't arrive in world-class shape and uh, completely bought in, they were out. And that's just how that was going to go. They don't want any bad vibes around the roster. That's just the sense that I get. And uh, and so we're seeing it. They're staying true to that word, even if it's a detriment to the actual on-court play.
1: I do kind of like how they're like, oh, you guys think that we've messed up in summer 17? Well, all right, we don't need any of them. We're just going to be really good without them.
2: Hey, Kelly Olinick's still playing
1: for now. Is he,
0: though? Yeah, I'm about to say he hasn't been playing that well. Um, okay, so we've talked about the trade rumors. We've talked about Memphis. We talked about the 76er game. The last thing I'm going to do is our new uh, thing we're doing now at the end of each show with The five on the floor, the five on the floor that are gonna be on the floor during the Sixers game, like you really, you really don't, have, <laughs> you really don't have much to choose from. So who closes the last three minutes of that game, Leif?
2: Give me Bam, give me Jimmy, give me Duncan Robinson, Derrick Jones Jr., and let's go Kendrick Nunn.
1: Oh, oh, yes, you're leaving I'm here on the bench. They're going to go small. You, oh, yeah. I would go with that same exact lineup except with Hero instead of Kendrick Nunn. And actually, i probably agree with Alex there. Um, sorry, Leif. Just that <laughs> hey, shoot. Just I, that I shoot.
2: love Hero, but it's just tomorrow night, I don't know. I feel like it could be a Kendrick Nunn game.
0: It's that's, that's just the shooting and spacing. And the, the good thing with those guys is whoever's hot that night is who closes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And all three of them have, been, have proven to be at least capable defensively. You know, they're missing I mean, Duncan justice.
2: Robinson is never not hot.
0: Yeah, exactly, that's true. That's he would be the guy that's definitely in there. But just the the um, the the loss of justice right now is just. By the
1: way, let me. We to... could just say this. I would, <laughs> I want I want a report to come out soon about Duncan Robinson being untouchable because his oh, <laughs> ascension he, into this. Oh my God, shooter, he could not trade him.
2: No, no, they wouldn't. And he's, he's an integral part to how that they, they'll pitch guys in 2021 because he can come back to have uh, the ability to retain him and all the other guys to surround him. And he's going to be a key piece. Um, but he's not untouchable.
0: He's, they're using him like
1: Wayne Ellington, but a better defender. Man, he's been awesome. Um, and he's right. taller than Ellington, too. And it's like making blocks. It's unbelievable what he's doing. Rebounding.
0: Okay, guys. So we're going to wrap this up. Come check us out tomorrow night. Well, you're not going to be checking us out, but come come check out Five Reasons Sports at Gold Club tomorrow night. Uh, $5 dollars you call it Um, ladies in free, podcast after the the game, and I promise we'll be fully clothed.
2: And the Heat win.
0: And the Heat will win, and then everybody will come back healthy, and everyone will live happily ever after. All right, guys. See you next time.
2: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
1: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go.